Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate where we celebrate all things romantic uh, through art, storytelling, music, poetry, creating, and drinking tea. Oh my God, so much, so much caffeine. Oh my God. Uh, so, hello. Uh, my name is Gandalf, and my name is Galadriel, and together we have made the One Ring of Power. <laughs> my precious. Uh, so tonight uh we do want to welcome you to tonight's podcast uh if you are listening to this podcast you might be interested to know that we also stream this live on twitch a whole week in advance so if you want to catch this uh the video interviews live and interact with our guests via the chat visit twitch.tv slash the modern romantic uh, you can also follow us on social media for updates announcements and a lot more content i am super excited for tonight's podcast we have the incomparable Brenna Schaffner. She is a writer, model, illustrator, and currently the art director for Modern Romantic Magazine. Uh, she's here to talk about befriending crows. Um, if you saw the title of this podcast and uh, heard murder and came running because you love true crime broadcast, I'm very sorry to disappoint you. We're not talking about that kind of a murder. Uh, her article, uh, her article about her uh, love of befriending crows and all things crow related is entitled Everybody Loves a Murder and appears in volume five of the Modern Romantic Magazine, which is now available as a pre-order on the website. So lords, ladies, folk of the forest, crow lovers and all murder lovers of the crow variety, I present Brenna Schaffner. Hi, that's me. And I'm here to talk about birds. Uh, so, hello, Verena. How are you? I am doing just peachy keen. So excited Ooh. to be here. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. Um, when we were uh, putting together this episode, we were, uh, Emily had me read through the article, and I thought, I never thought that I would like think this about crows and everything. <laughs> so, um, the first thing I have to ask is, okay, crows, how how did you get started? Like, how did you befriend crows? Why the interest in crows? How how did this all get started? Well, I am a lover of all things spook related. I tend to gravitate towards animals that folks don't really like. I'm a big fan of snakes. Uh, I love bats. I love crows. All good stuff. I don't know. I can't pinpoint a time when it began. It's just, I really like knowing facts about these creatures. I just, I just can't get enough of it. I think they're awesome. Um, let's see. Seamstress 20 said, Brenna, you can keep the snakes. Hugs. <laughs> <laughs> I will. And I will hug my snakes. Oh, um, so any particular kind of snake or do you just love snakes in general? In general, I do love, um, snakes as a whole but you know uh love a good corn snake a great family pet uh a ball python here and there another classic <laughs> have to say those are the top two you know just for old classic standby snakes i don't know i don't know <laughs> Uh, my eighth grade, uh, my eighth grade science teacher had like this garter snake that she caught. It was my first introduction to snakes, and she would let it like wrap around my arm, and I love mm -hmm. the way the scales feel because yes. um, it's like slimy but also like really smooth at the same yeah. time. 
super smooth and it's like feels slimy but it's also very dry at the same time but you can feel the musculature yeah right moving along your arm it's crazy it's cool though super cool they feel Um, super strong they do feel super strong so when it comes to when it comes to like crows and that sort of thing how many have you met how many have you befriended at this point millions oh not as many millions as i would like um i i spend a lot of time in hudson wisconsin that's where my boyfriend lives so i'm there a lot um and he has quite a large crow population there's a kind of a wooded area you know nearby we get a lot of crows we see them around all the time and eventually i was just like i want to start putting out like food for the crows Mm -hmm. and i know that um my stepmother is also a big fan of crows and she has done the same with crows in her yard she'll put out table scraps and she'd tell me about leaving gifts for them um whether it was chicken bones or unsalted peanuts big one crows love unsalted nuts but they have to be unsalted or it's not healthy for them that's a big important detail (laughs) and i just thought it was so cool and i'm like i i could do this and so it was like put out a handful of peanuts on the deck rail and then i would come back 20 minutes later and they're gone nothing left and i was like okay so that's cool and what else can i put out you know and then there's sort of getting into the research of it because i knew that other people had done it i'd seen posts about it you know on tumblr or whatever people are like the crows are following me around and they're trading snacks for shiny things and i'm like that's amazing i want to do that and so i mean it started just with the curiosity of it and i mean they were already here mm-hmm. and i just like i wanted to come to me though and that's that's exactly how i feel now because i'll see the crows in the yard or flying around and mm-hmm. and i just don't know how to attract them to the port the patio or the deck or whatever i want them well, to yeah. be here <laughs> near me yes but crows the, the other thing about them is that they're very skittish they do have a natural wariness of humans um and there's a lot of speculation saying that in the in the 19th century up through the earliest 20th century um people had a violent hatred of crows thought they were the worst they were like killing all the crops they were a nuisance um just awful everyone was trying to get rid of them and so there's some speculation that crows communally (laughs) learned to stay further away from humans but at the same time they're intelligent to know that the cities and the places where there are high volumes of people are also where there's easy access to food Hmm. they're very smart (laughs) and so they know that they can get close enough to get food but like any wild animal they're not just gonna approach you out of nowhere but they will negotiate (laughs) (laughs) they have a whole trading system they've got a a bit (laughs) yeah once once you become a trusted food source they know they can come to you they bring their family and crows <laughs> i mean they 
they pass on their territories through generations. So if you have a parent crow who mm-hmm. discovers that they can come to your your yard, your porch, wherever for food, they're going to bring their families. And then when those kids grow up, the average crow lifespan is about seven years, by the way. So their kids grow up. Some of them will migrate away and gain new territories, but some of them are going to stay there and you will be like in that crow's family. (laughs) They're coming to your house for the next three generations. See, I saw I saw a video kind of to that extent. Um, it was some woman in a, I'm going to say a Russian uh, country of some sort, though I will just kind of say it like a Czechoslovakian sort of country where she rescued an injured crow. And then she recognized that particular injured crow came back with its spouse and its kids for like year after year after year to the same location. Yeah. They're just incredible. I think it's so cool. And I mean, crows, because they're so smart, I mean, they'll recognize your face. They can learn your schedule, your daily schedule. Wow. I mean, if they're watching, because it's best, the best way to get a crow to come to you reliably is to set out food at the same time of day. They need like a schedule. So they know at this time, there will be food here, right? So they can learn that. And they can also learn, I mean, when you leave for work in the morning, when you get home, you give a little whistle to say, I'm leaving the house. If it's the same whistle you give to say that there's food here, they're going to come. Oh. They know what time it is. (laughs) They know. Uh, Seamstress20 did have a question for us and asked, um, are you familiar with the crows of the Tower of London? Uh, vaguely, though I haven't done any research into them specifically. But I would assume that they probably follow under a similar pattern. I'm sure they feed them because they want them there, right? They're seen as kind of a stable feature of the landscape. And if they're being fed, they know they can find food there and they're safe. They're not being hunted. Mm Mm-hmm. They'll hang out for a good long while. Yeah. They're cozy. Catamilsi? I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, <laughs> said crows know economics and they have good time management. They are definitely smarter than me. <laughs> 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 they, they are very intelligent creatures, but uh, we are going to say that they are not smarter than you, but they are, you are both very intelligent human beings or I, beings of this earth. I do actually know her. It's Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi, you Kate. and me both. The crows are smarter than both of us, and it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, so say, say there was I don't know Disney princess in training, and they wanted to learn how to befriend the crows. Uh, what tips do you have to uh, becoming a future a future Disney princess of the crows? <laughs> um, so there are a couple of kind of categories. I. I separate it by in the article. The first one is the environment that you have. You get, cause you have to start with, I mean, let's say it's your yard, your backyard. Most people have access to something like that. And crows, they like quiet. So um, like I said earlier, they're, they're pretty skittish. They're very cautious. So if they hear a lot of loud noises, 
they're not going to come near. If you've got a really noisy wind chime, uh, you've got a dog, dog who barks at everything, they're not going to come to your yard. That's dangerous. That's high risk. So having a quiet space for them, it's a big thing. Um, other things are roosting places. Um, if you've got a bird bath, that's one of the things I mentioned in the article. A bird bath is good, right? Source of water. It's a place for them to rest. As long as you make sure it's big. Crows are big. They're bigger than you think they are. <laughs> they are as long as like a newborn child. Okay. They're like this big. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. We're just used to so, seeing them in the distance. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, you see them from 7,500 feet away. It's a bird. It's a bird size. But <laughs> they're pretty large. They need they need space. So roosting spaces are another big thing. If you've got trees in your yard, that's great. But, you know, high up spaces, they like being higher up um, so that they can monitor their surroundings. So once that? they learn your schedule mm -hmm. and you're putting food out, do they just get used to you being around? Yeah, eventually. It takes time. And the the thing about that is when you set out the food you can't like hover right next to it okay because you're huge and you're scary and crows have learned not to come up to you i'm pretty scary <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> very, scary. very scary so you set the food out you can still be in the area because obviously if you want them to get used to the you they have to be able to see you okay but from a distance just back off a bit okay. um and then as they become more accustomed to you and vice versa, you can get a little closer and that's cool. And you can kind of gauge their comfort level, right? By how close they let you come. Um, and that process can vary in the amount of time it takes. Sure. I mean, how consistent you are with feeding, right? Um, whether you feed twice a day, every day, or once every other day, you know, whatever your schedule is, that's all going to impact how long that process takes before they get used to you really being there and how comfortable they are getting close to you. There's also like treats. You can set out treats. Those are a little bit more of an enticement. And when I say treats, I usually mean like chicken or fish or boiled eggs. Okay. Crows love boiled eggs. Oh, all right. Um, shell on. That's totally cool. Uh, Crows have no problem with shells because they do, in fact, eat other birds' eggs. Oh, okay. So that's another fun fact and thing to keep in mind. If you want crows in your yard, crows eat the eggs of other songbirds. Mm -hmm. So just make sure you know what kind of music you like. <laughs> okay. Duly <laughs> noted. Seamstress uh, 20 says, Brenna is totally a Disney princess. And then continues <laughs> it, uh, to say, like, Maleficent, but only nice. <laughs> And then Kate uh, followed up and says, yes, confirmed. Brenna is Princess of the Crows. I'll take it. I'll take that. <laughs> yes. And V. Robinson said, time to stock up on eggs and unsalted peanuts to become the next Disney princess. And I, I second that because I really want to make friends with the crows here. And I hope that if I set these things out, they'll, they'll come. Because I always feel like they're on the far side of the yard. So I hope sure. they'll see it and get closer. That's one more thing about how you set up your, your space is that they need to be able to see the food. Mm -hmm. 
So having it in kind of an, a more open space that they can see from above or from a distance is good. And if you'd like to decorate uh, some shiny objects. Okay. <laughs> so I could set out like a whole tea table in the middle of the yard with eggs and peanuts, unsalted yeah. peanuts. Do you a little tiered cake stand? Right. A, a selection, little... dried fruits, some seeds. Oh, I think so. Little perches for them. Yeah. And um, <laughs> one question was: Do you break the eggs open? Like you leave the shells on, but you do you leave the egg whole, or do you still break it somehow? Whole egg. Okay. They will do the work. They have done it so many times before. Okay. Wow. No concern there. And they just really like boiled eggs. They're easy to keep on hand. Um, yeah. Yeah. Chicken um, is a good treat. Chicken bones. They'll, they'll clean the meat off the bones. Crows are scavengers. Oh, They're omnivorous. Okay. Um, they do like meat. They really love fast food. <laughs> um, crows are smart enough to be able to distinguish different fast food brand wrappers. Oh. They do have preferences. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that one more time. They have preferences. They have standards. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Just like we okay. do. <laughs> but obviously, I wouldn't be setting out a large fry and a Big Mac for your local crows every day. As okay. with humans, a balanced diet is necessary. <laughs> so I would say like a French fry here and there. Good treat. All right. Sure. But um seeds peanuts you know nuts are great that's what they eat in the wild it's okay. what they're used to they can identify it right eggs they eat a lot of that um meats chicken and fish they like both of those a lot um i know uh my stepmother laura cooked chicken bones any extras she'll just put in a bucket bones and all um okay out in the, in the woods and the crows clean it up for her so the crows and the foxes. So I yeah. imagine it might attract other other animals too. Yeah, oh all the scavengers come to party when the chicken bits are out. So I'm gonna ask a very um I hope that's not a divisive statement, but to me, honestly, ravens and crows look a little bit alike, but I really don't know the difference between them. So how how difficult is it to tell the difference, and what do you look for to say, is this a raven or is this a crow? So, for me, it can be hard to tell. You are right. From a distance, if they're in the sky and you don't know what to look for, it's, it's a black bird. Could be either. And I've definitely wondered that myself, not identified them properly. Um, but there are a number of visual cues as well as audio cues um, that will help distinguish between ravens and crows. As someone pointed out in the comments, Jamus TV, crows are big, ravens are huge. That is accurate. Ravens are twice the size of crows. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. So let's see. Uh, crows average about a pound to a pound and a half in weight. Uh, ravens are three pounds. The wingspans, um, let's see, crows, a crow's wingspan can be up to 38 inches, which is big. It sounds really, really big. Yeah, it, it does. 
Um, Raven's wingspan can be up to 54 inches. Wow. Now I'm five foot four. <laughs> That's most of me. Um, I have a tape measure here somewhere. <laughs> For uh, for a visual reference, I'm sorry for anybody that's listening at home. I'm gonna go grab the tape measure, and we're just gonna measure out 54 inches. Hold on one second. Okay, so this tape measure is six. Is I I was not kidding. I have a tape measure. No, I believe it. Okay. I recognize that tape measure. I'm sure you do. I think one or two other people watching will probably also recognize that tape measure. <laughs> so. Uh, this is 54 inches. That is yeah. about that is about three quarters of my own wingspan. Wow. Yeah. Big. Uh, ravens are freaking huge. <laughs> but from a distance, the size alone comparison won't really help. Um, so if they're in the sky, if they're flying, then the shape of the tail can be an indicator. They have different shaped tails. A raven's tail is kind of wedge-shaped, so let's say, you know, the wings are here, and then the tail here, it's kind of diamond-shaped. It'll come okay. down into a little wedge here. Whereas a crow, crows have straight across tails like that. Like a flat, okay. Yep, yep, flat <laughs> across the bottom. So the tail feathers are an indication when they're flying. Um, let's see, what else? The shape of the beak Beaks are a little different since ravens are a lot larger. Their beaks are thicker. They can also be kind of hooked on the end. Okay. Crow's beaks are shorter and sharper. Okay. And their overall crows are just a little bit sleeker because they're more compact. A lot of times ravens, another visual indicator for me, if you're closer, they have a lot of kind of rough feathers around here. They're a lot bulkier around the shoulder. They're just thicker. It's a lot of bird. So that's one. Um, the calls are also different. Uh, mm -hmm. Crows obviously have that very distinct kind of high-pitched ka ka ka. That's like their main thing. That's what you hear a lot of the time. They do have different calls, um, but that's that's what you're usually going to hear. Uh, ravens, their call is a little bit lower and it's a little bit gurglier. Mm -hmm. um, they also have a lot. <laughs> I had to think about it. I was like, I was am, I gonna try, <laughs> am I going to try to mimic this sound right now? I was wondering <laughs> if you were about to. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's just, it's not going to be accurate and it'll be really embarrassing. So I'm just, uh, you too. Okay. <laughs> so Ravens, they're, um, in general, they're bigger and they have a lower voice. Okay. Um, they also have a, a very broad variety of sounds they can make. Um, ravens do. And generally, they make more sounds than you would hear a crow make in the wild. Um, mm -hmm. Two tall hunter birdman here can make a raven call. Let's phone him in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's see. Oh. I was going to say, due to the variety of sounds, um, because ravens and crows are both corvids, they're in the same genus, right? Um, mm -hmm. All corvids can mimic human sound. So if you've ever heard of like a raven talking, crows can do that too. Um, 
Yes. So all all corvids, due to it's an anatomical difference. It's in it's right in here. It's called the syrinx. Is like their vocal cords, kind of. Um, that is what allows them to speak. Okay. Um, yeah, corvids are also technically considered songbirds. They are not what we usually consider a songbird, but because of that anatomical difference, they're under they're under the classification. Huh. <laughs> so it's all about it's all about the songs you like. Um, so yeah, crows and ravens and let's see, jays, magpies, jackdaws, those are all under the corvid genus umbrella, and those can all can all mimic some human sounds. Simpler words, usually, you know, not too many syllables. They're not going to win a spelling bee or anything, but <laughs> they can, and it's really cool. It's maybe, a little surreal. Maybe that's where Edgar Allan Poe got the quote the raven idea. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, there was a myth for a long time that said um, in order to get a crow or a raven to talk, they had to go through a process called freeing their tongue, um, which involved splitting the tongue, the crow's tongue, or the, the corvid, the raven, the corvid's tongue, okay. cutting into it. Um, and it was, the belief was, if you wanted them to be able to speak, that was what you had to do was free the tongue. That's not true. Please don't do that. It's very cruel. <laughs> Okay? Oh, they're very it. smart and they're anatomically capable. They can speak. Okay, you don't need to like cut into your crows. I am really learning a lot about crows, and it is very clear how much like you, how much time and, and energy you have invested into <laughs> clearly your love of the these amazing corvids. I just love these funky little death omens, man. They're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And I think a lot of us now have plans to go try befriending them in our yards. And yeah, and you know, there's a lot of people will talk about how you know wild animals are wild for a reason. You shouldn't be feeding them, and that's valid. But there's also, you know, I've seen a lot of arguments from both sides. There are also arguments that say crows have kind of evolved alongside humans in a lot of ways for a long time. We have been sharing environments for a very long time. They've been eating our food for a very long time. And there isn't harm in providing for them more of their natural fruits. We're not hunting them, you know, not, we're not baiting them. They're doing okay. And it's we're not okay. totally replacing what they eat. We're just, yes. we're just feeding them some, not so they become completely dependent upon us for food. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is another thing to keep in mind. Just enough that they know they can come to you for food, but not so much that they're going to be relying solely on you for food. They will get annoying and demanding. <laughs> it sounds I like you say that from experience. Like, <laughs> they will wait for you, man. <laughs> no. Excuse me. My sister befriended a squirrel and it would hang on her her sliding glass door had a screen door to it mm. and it would come and hang on the screen door and yell into the house in the summer for her to come yeah. feed it and that it got annoying yeah so yeah. I, I believe that crows they're so much louder 
Um, I could I could see crows being pests if you weren't too careful. Yeah, yeah. Kaz said, I feel like there's been a research paper I've read that talks about how humans feeding crows actually helps them live their full lifespan. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, crows in captivity can live up to about 15 years, actually. It's okay. almost, it's, it's more than double their average lifespan. Having said that, it's not like you should be keeping them as pets. Please don't. They don't make good pets. They're very, <laughs> like, social birds within their own families. And that's important, right? Like, yeah. you know, so still a wild animal. They should have their freedom, but we can appreciate them as well. And that's the thing. Yeah, balance. 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 Yep. In all things. The territorial thing can be a problem. I've, I was actually reading a post just earlier today about someone who had, right, kind of trained the crows or befriended them. They They were coming to his house regularly they had a very well-established bond. They would wait for him when he came outside. I mean, they knew him. But it got to the point where when his neighbors would come to his house, they would dive-bomb his neighbors. They were, like, protecting him. What? Okay? And so they ended up calling the Audubon Society because they didn't want this to be a problem. The neighbors didn't mind the crows, but of course they don't want to get dive bombed whenever they're walking into this guy's yard. <laughs> they called the Audubon Society. Okay. And what they recommended was for the neighbors to start feeding the crows too. Oh. And soon yeah. they had like this whole neighborhood interwoven with this crow community. Everybody fed them and everybody mm. was cool and they never had a territory problem again. That makes sense. So it's like, you just, you know, put more chairs at the table. I like that. Everybody's coming to dinner. So, you know, all I can think of is like having a photo shoot with like, over time, it's the sequential (laughs) uh, photos of you just get closer and closer and closer to the crows until we finally get to that tea set we were talking about earlier. More crows everywhere. Crows on your head and on your shoulders and on your lap and on your hands and and I love how it all comes back to doing a photo shoot <laughs> it always comes back to a photo shoot that's all any of us is thinking about so I uh, I will share you the only two animals that I've ever legitimately been not attacked by but like, like threatened by mm-hmm. and one of them is not an animal it's an insect was a praying mantis legitimately jumped on my face uh and then so i don't think i ever told you this story emily but i was walking no. um i was walking huckleberry and the path <laughs> that we took from behind your house um there was actually a baby bird that was stuck in like this little um uh, this little bush and it had fallen out of the tree and it fallen into a bush and a hawk that had been circling was trying to get said baby bird and it was down was down on the ground and like flapping its wings at the baby bird me being the oblivious person that i am happened upon this with huckleberry and huckleberry just all of a sudden just jerks on the leash and i'm like what are you turn my head hawk oh my god hawk (laughs) and i just start finding like rocks and things to like throw at it and like scare it away 
Because I don't know what it's trying to get. All I know is like there is predator in my vision and near dog and is as big as said dog. So I'm just like throwing stuff at it and trying to scare the hawk away. And so finally it does. And then I find the baby bird and uh, the day was saved. But wow. um, yeah, uh, uh, I would I... never, I, I never want to go through that experience again. Thank you. <laughs> There's suddenly a hawk. I didn't know that you hadn't told me that story and huckleberry hadn't told me that story either and he tells everybody that story i don't I know why he kept it from you obviously you know there's certain things you keep from your parents and he's no um, snitch he's if anybody doesn't know huckleberry is my dog <laughs> <laughs> and uh trey used to live with me and would walk huckleberry on occasion so and he was a delightful walking partner, but that that legitimately scared the absolute uh, murder out of me. Capona says, my dog. He's been, <laughs> ever since I posted this picture of Huckleberry on my Instagram recently, Capona has wanted to steal Huckleberry. No. No. We got into a TikTok war over it. <laughs> if you go to my TikTok, it's Emily A. Kramer, and you can see our little, egg. it's, it's not a duet, it's stitching. We do, Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we had a war over Huckleberry today. Uh, that, is to, uh, <laughs> that is to say when it comes to crows, I'm sorry, I took that in a really interesting direction. Uh, that is to say that crows are uh, very intelligent creatures. Uh, they do like meat, but I'm assuming that they don't like human meat. And... Uh, and <laughs> I love the reactions that we just got. Uh, Emily's making this a disgusted way. face, and and Brenda just kind of goes, mm, "Could be either way. You don't know." This went in a direction no one expected. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just. No one wants to try that, or at least admit to trying that. I could answer it, but <laughs> I imagine just... meat is meat, right? Meat's meat. Yeah. True. Um, oh, I need to. Brenda... <laughs> on that note Brenna do you have any uh, last uh, minute like bird facts about uh, about crows that you would like to share or anything else that you'd like to share with us tonight last minute bird facts hold on I made notes let's see if I missed any particularly fun facts here I'd hate to deprive anyone of an extra fun fact <laughs> <laughs> last minute bird facts with the modern Reading romantic story. Yes. Last minute bird facts. <laughs> no pressure. Theme tune after. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was all my facts. The rest of my facts are boring facts. Just kidding. They're all Oh, someone said they feel deprived. I'm so oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'll give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think the only one that I didn't say was there are over 40 species in the Corvid family, and most of them are crows. Oh. Crow facts. Can we get a hashtag crow facts in our chat, please? Hashtag crow right, facts. Right here, superimposed. Oh. <laughs> 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 there it is that's my legacy great times okay thank you well, th 
<laughs> Thank you for joining us, Brenna. This was so fun. I can't wait to get started. And um, and of course, chronicle my oh, everybody is hashtag pro pro fact. Yes. Yes. That was so great. It was like they everybody planned it. Um, so <laughs> um, <laughs> it's still going on. Next time there will be art of Crow Princess Brenna. That would yeah. be so cool. I'll take it. Yes. Put Let's it on the do that. Oh, this was super fun. I think um, I'm looking forward to having crows befriend me and bring me little shiny things. And yes. I will take pictures of the process because that's how I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, Meeting time, and... like monthly updates. Yeah. It's, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and, oh, and I'll write about the and I'll write about their economic process, so that can be well documented. We could probably learn a thing or two. Yes, <laughs> crow finances, <laughs> crow taxes, crow taxes. <laughs> Not the crows. No, they don't deserve that. No, is no one safe? <laughs> no, crow spreadsheets. Save them, my sweet summer children. <laughs> All right, descending them. All right, from the evils of the world. <laughs> Brenna, this was utterly, utterly delightful. Um, I want to make sure that uh, that you get any chance to uh, promote your socials or anything like that. Um, where can people follow your adventures of becoming the hashtag uh, Crow Disney Princess? Uh, your best bets would probably be on Instagram. And I have to think real hard about whether I put my middle initial in my Instagram name. You Hold. didn't. Good. Okay. Then it's all lowercase Brenna Schaffner. It's just my name. Make it real easy. Yeah. On Instagram. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> well, Brenna, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, because we did have such a lovely guest on tonight, we would like to end our show with a uh, romantic quote of the evening. Um, so I have one for tonight. Um, and I think this is fitting for us all talking about becoming like hashtag crow princesses. Um, history is not a nightmare from which I am trying to awaken, but rather a glorious tale I wish I wish to be cast in. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, that is from Pietros Maneos, uh, from the Italian pleasures of Gabriel. Pater Carlos. That's a good one. Bougie. <laughs> <laughs> and <what>. delightful. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in, everybody. And have a wonderful day. Yeah, Tutel said thank you for sharing with us, Brenna. And Kat said this was fab. Thanks, Brenna. For your brain is huge and juicy full of crow facts. And yep. Kat said, yeah. I feel like I was a part of something privy yes maybe you were it can be privy time sometimes we get a we get a little little strange on this one on this show i just got really excited about crows yeah i you know i'm really excited too i trained a chipmunk we talked about this in the past yeah. uh, previous podcast yeah, I trained a chipmunk to climb up into my hand and eat seed, and it was very similar to the process you described with crows. Yeah. And if I yep. can do that, and if you go on my TikTok, there's a whole video of it, yeah. which is Emily A. Kramer. And I'm not trying to push my TikTok. I just, that's where the content is for that, so. 
They, I, I should bring say, Huckleberry on. Yes. Because, yeah. Yeah. He should be a guest. Is he around? That is on mic. We'll listen to little small sounds. It'll be it. Huckleberry. I don't hear any feet. <laughs> you don't hear the pitter patter of happiness. <laughs> Here, I'm going to mute my mic so I can call louder. So right now in our chat, we have like literally so many people that are saying, yes, I want to see Huckleberry. Yes. Bring Huck. Yes. Come here, buddy. He came. <gasps> yes. You hear the pitter patters of happiness? <laughs> Here we go. Look at him. Huckleberry. <laughs> this is Huckleberry. He doesn't really love being held, but he likes excitement and he loves people, so. You're a good boy. Huckleberry! <laughs> so shy. He's, yeah. The moment he's crazy and then you pick him up and he's, it's like his off button. <laughs> so, he's okay, a star. Our, yeah. He's a good boy. A, how, do get, uh, how do we get viewers on the, uh, the Model Romantic Podcast? Dogs. Yeah, I think Kaz. We should set up his own cam him. and do an interview with him. Oop. Say hi. Yep. Show your belly. Oh my goodness. He's got a good <laughs> belly. Oh my god. He likes I... belly rubs too. <laughs> Brenna, are you okay? Sorry, I got excited and I laughed and I snorted. No, just... <laughs> Don't look at me. Just I'll be over here. <laughs> You're a sweet oh. boy. Okay. I'm gonna tell everyone to hydrate right now. Oh. Oh yeah, okay. hopefully we weren't missing any of that. Oh. Okay. I was looking. Long... I didn't see any, and I'm taking okay. care of it. I Thank promise you. this is apple juice. <laughs> okay. You could say whatever you want to say about it. it could it's be apple juice. Anything. Okay. Say goodbye, Huckleberry. Bye, say goodbye Huckleberry. to Brenna. Oh Hi. He's Bye. not even looking up. There you go. That's, Bye, he's sleepy. He Me too, buddy. Sleepy. I die for you. You're <laughs> dogs are good for you, too. Kate's right. She makes a good point. It can't all be crows. Dogs are good for you, too. You are right. Crows and dogs. That's what I want to live. <laughs> so good. Oh, and sweet. Oh, my goodness. There you go. All right. <laughs> my sweet summer boy. <laughs> we should have him on more often. I don't know how to interview him, but he could, like, we could have a special cam. Do it, like, with a little tiny microphone. <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little yeah. tiny microphone. Uh, let's see. Just to hear his creepy little breathing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, thank you, Brenna. Um, I appreciate you coming on today, tonight, and all of your wonderful crow knowledge. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Really fun to spout some some craziness, and uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> some craziness. And we'll we'll do that crow photo shoot soon, so everybody can uh, can uh, see that too. That's gonna be a time. All okay. right, one day when we all we'll have time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye, Brenna. Bye, Brenna. Bye, Brenna. Bye, Brenna. Bye. Bye.